Hello, this is the Potters Podcast. It's been a really strange week this week. Obviously, there's been a lot of miver going on with free school meals. So it's been going yeah. on there. And it, basically, the politician came up against Piers Morgan, got absolutely murdered. Yeah, giving him a few M truths. That's for certain. I know, well, but you asked him a question and just wouldn't wouldn't answer it. You know what? What is it with politicians who can't say yes or no? It's quite oh, easy, really, isn't it? Yeah. Well, they they always moan that they want want the public to vote for him, but they couldn't be any more shifty off him, could they? <laughs> oh no, you wouldn't trust him with your car keys. Let's be honest. <laughs> Uh, so another news this week, Stoke have brought in three new players on loan, which has been great. We'll talk about them obviously after, when they, we've gone through the player ratings. We've, we'll play a question comes back, because I'm obviously smashing you 2-1. Danny said this week that I'm making a mockery of you, without with me skills of Stoke knowledge. Well, I, I don't even know if... I'd like to see him come on and do a question to him, to be honest. I know, yeah. Does he still know where the ground is, Danny? Or? I don't know. It depends if he's probably on holiday, to be fair. So it's one of them, really. But yeah, we'll go through it. It's been a bit of a lacklustre week because there's no midweek game, which is always a bit of a an off-put. There's been a massive COVID outbreak at Aston Villa for some reason. And, you know, they, they haven't been able to play for two games. But we'll, we'll go straight into it now. Part one, it's question time. Question time. And this this week it's the question for me. Can I go free one up? Right, let's see if I've done enough research this week to catch you out. Right, are you ready? I'm ready, I'm always ready. Right, 2006, the top scorer was Ricardo Fuller with 11 goals. Right? Right. Number two was Sidibe with nine. In third, it was two players... In joint third, can you name them two players? Two players? Yep. Well, that's going against the rules. It's only one player. Well, we can eliminate one if you want and try and get one. It's up to you. But you're supposed to be... You're talking the talk and you're giving it the big one, aren't you? Well, I'll give it the big one, but I'll have to get two points for that. I'm get, I'm well, I'll, give you two, I'll give you two clues. Right, OK. <laughs> All right, so go on then, clues. First clue, That's anyway. That's what I'm saying for the beginning. You don't get, you don't get a clue right at the beginning. Bloody hell, what's going on here? I'm being, I'm being taken advantage of you. Yeah, you look like a snowflake, you are. Do you want me to ask you down for you at all? No, no, to be honest. 2006 was a long time ago, to be fair. <laughs> uh, to be honest, I don't have a clue. I'm, I'm thinking now, in that era, it, it's quite a long time. Was, it, was that the season just before we got promoted? I think it was, was it 2008 we went up? Yeah, so is it 6-7 or? 6-7 it is. So it's six, a year seven. before. Yeah. Sidibe scored nine. Bloody hell. Yeah. <laughs> right, okay. There you go. Right, that's the beginning of the question. I hope people are over-listening and thinking, hmm, wonder what that is. Right, so now we'll go into, obviously, the player ratings and we'll start, obviously, with the goalkeeper, which was? Basic. Basic. I don't know what was going on early on. First part of the game, ball came through to the left-hand side. The ball went right under him. It's a good job the yeah. player was offside. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, but he, uh, he did have a couple. He stopped a good shot from Armstrong as well. He didn't, I wouldn't say he had a massive amount to do over the 90 minutes, really, did he? he no. Um, to be honest, yeah. I don't know how we drew, to be brutally honest. But, yeah, he, he made a couple of good saves, especially towards the second half, because, of course, it was Alamo time when the sending off happened. 
I'll go straight in. I'll, I'll give him a steady. I'll give him a steady six for that performance, really. Yeah, I'd say that he's possibly thinking he's probably a little bit nervous because obviously both Davies and Gunn have trained this week. There's a possibility that his place might be on thin ice anyway. I know he's done well since he's come in, but that doesn't always make a difference, does it? When you've got obviously Gunn who's more experienced. Davies is more experienced. It's only natural that one of them will probably come in for the next game. So I think Angus Gunn will go back to Southampton at the end of the season because of the emergence of Bergic. I, I can't see... I think he's fighting for Davies for that number one shirt now. But I think yeah. it's also... There's been a lot of pressure this week because he, of course, was player of the month for last month, which adds a lot of pressure, undoubtedly, really. But we haven't yeah. had the start to the season we wanted, so... You know, it's good that there's that competition, but like I say, I'm going to give him a six for, yeah. for the black being I'll, I'll give him a six. Right, on to Nathan Collins, which I thought he, he did well yesterday. He, he sort of stopped Blackburn doing anything on that right-hand side. Yeah, I, I rate him as a player, I do. I think he's... he's I've, people on this podcast obviously know that I'm a massive fan of Nathan Collins, and he's one of them players that doesn't make many mistakes... No, it just it just seemed to cut any real momentum out of Blackburn on that right hand side, really. Well, he had to because Matondo, let's be honest, isn't a right wing back who was playing alongside him, so he had to be a makeshift right back for a lot of the game anyway. Um, yeah. We'll talk about the system after, which I wasn't really impressed with, but you know, I thought he did his job. He did well, and you know, next season I think we're going to see a hell of a lot more of Nathan Collins. Yeah, for me, he's it's been like. You could say that Collins and Suter have been on, in a way, like two new signings this season. Yeah, they've improved our defence without a question of a doubt. And that's yeah. why I'm going to go in with a seven, to be honest. Yeah, seven, seven's fair. Right, on to a new boy in Norrington Davies, which looks like an actual left-back. <laughs> I think it's the first time we've actually looked at it and gone, oh my God, it's a left-back. I forgot that's what they, the, I forgot what they were like. That's what a left-back looks like in real life. Yeah, you know, not like a makeshift in Danny Collins or Higginbottom or Griffin or, you know... Wilson or... Wilson, you know, it's a proper left-back <laughs> who done yeah. his job. And he, I tell you what, he's got some pace. Yeah, he can get forward. He can get forward, but the thing is, compared to everyone else, he can get back and all. It's a good addition. And it's something that, for me, it's not just been over the last three years. It's been years. We've needed a proper left-back for years. Yeah. The only, yeah. the only thing I'm a bit miffed about is that we haven't got a deal in place so we can get it permanently at the end of the season. I think if yeah. that, that's my only gripe with a lot of these loans. I mean, we've been calling for loan players come in, but, you know, <clears throat> when one has an impact as well as he did against Blackburn and, and you're thinking, oh, what a shame he isn't our player. Because we could build... A defence round, you know, we've got Collins, we've got Suter, and we had him at left back as well. You know, it's it's looking good. It, it is, but let's let's not be too hasty. I mean, it is only one game. I mean, let's have, let's look at it in five and say what he's like because it is only one game, and to get too, a little bit too excited thinking is like the next big thing. But it is one game, and it's away at Blackburn. It, it's he does look a good addition and he is somebody that most Stoke fans have been screaming for is having a proper left back at the club yeah it's not, not playing people just because we're short on numbers all the time yeah good addition I'll, 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 I'll give him a seven as well 
Uh, Got up and down the up and down that left hand side all day. Well, I'm going to go higher. I'm going eight. I think it was a debut that to be remembered. I thought he, he was brilliant, really. To be honest, getting up and down the channel, and he's exactly what we've been crying out for now for at least nine years. So, well, longer probably. So, you know, having a proper left back joining the club, you know, it is on loan or whatever. But at least for the rest of this season, we have now got a left back that we can rely on, and if we can get a right back in, we might be able get a back four and start playing with wingers and getting up the pitch and getting results because the problem is we aren't winning games and it's simple as that but for me easy eight player of the match for me what a debut yeah that's it it's, it's, it's nice to see I, I think he's just come in and straight away looked like he's been there for a while so I can't knock the lads really Especially after all week, people have been going, who's that left back? And I'm like, I have no idea. <laughs> he's, but he's Welsh. And we, we, we like Welsh players at the moment because we've got more than Cardiff and Swansea put together. Yeah. Well, on to the next one. There's red card, man. Chester. What an idiot. Absolute he fool. He knew. He knew, didn't he, as soon as he brought him down. He only got look at when the ref lifts the card up. He left the card up, he knows. He could see it in his face that he was just hoping that maybe, just maybe, he was thinking, well, did he deny the goal-scoring opportunity? But the reality is, he is the last man, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, he was last man. It was a definite red card. He was the last one there. Silly. Put his foot out. Silly. And it's just the timing of it that really annoyed me because they just got back in the game and it, literally three, four minutes later, he's bringing down for it, an obvious red card. And literally put us all on the back foot and let us down because that was game over then. And it was if anyone was going to win, it was going to be Blackburn. And in a game we were comfortably controlling for large parts. Well, the previous seasons we'd have probably thrown that away after the red card and lost two or three. So you could sort of credit the lads that stayed out there for maybe not conceding yeah. again. So he gets a four from me. I think that red card puts him right down, let the team down, could have cost us the game. And you know, if you, when you get done for pace, that's because you're in the wrong position. And then to bring the man down, you're just making everything worse. Just let him go. We had Nathan Collins on the other side; he wasn't far behind. He probably had the pace to catch up anyway, or knock him into a different position. It was a silly tackle, and for a man who's got that much experience, he shouldn't be doing it. And it's no. and it could have cost us three point a good point there. Well, he's let himself down a little bit because I don't think he had a bad first half either. Really. He played well until that point. Some good clearances first half. He's been a different player since since he's come back in the squad. Uh, he has he's really working well with the pace of Suter, and it's easing him where he can just do his job. But yesterday he was silly, and he almost cost us vital points because at the moment we are looking like points will do us, you know. Four for me. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to give him a five. I'm not going to be too harsh on him. I think he was. All, I think up until the red cards, he'd had a decent game. So, um, moments of madness to put it down to, and I'll give him a five. I think that's just silly talk. That is, he nearly cost us the game. You know this. Yeah, and I, I know he did, but at the end of the day, it's easy. It's easy done, isn't it? At the end of the day, I would, you wouldn't say it's a malicious challenge. It's not, really. a madness, really. it's not a terrible foul. It's not like, you know, when Klukas did that stamp. It's not like that, but it is silly because the momentum was back in Blackburn. They'd only just equalised. And then you've just handed it 
handing pressure onto yourselves by getting a stupid... He, he knew he was in the wrong position and to try and recover it, he brought him down and he, and he, he thought Collins was in the position, i.e. and in front of him, but he wasn't and it's it's an instant red, so silliness. Four yeah, it's silly from an experienced player as well who should know better, really. Yeah, actually, I'm going to change it now. He's going to have a three. Absolutely <laughs> straight. Ah, oh, two's next. Yeah. Right, next is the battery, Rob. Harry City. Yeah, did well. Did well, especially especially like I say, after the red card, him and Collins had to push together to try and make, you know, make it a point at the end of the day. And I think both of those young lads proved that they're a step above this division in many factors. I think Michael O'Neill said it himself defensively. We are one of the strongest around at the moment. We don't seem to panic anymore and that's because of the additions of Suter and Collins. And I, I just love for Suter how well, not not just his defending, but how confident he is at bringing the ball out. Yeah. Is it? I mean, in the past we've had previous players who it's like an hot potato. You can't get rid of it quick enough and Suter's not like that. He'll get the ball down. He'll keep his head up, and he'll and he'll push the play forward. And and he has got so much confidence for such a young lad. Yeah, he's, he's um, not like Danny Collins, as he's just passing it everywhere, mainly to the opposition. To get rid of it as quick as possible. That's that's been our biggest issue at times. And Suter's just he's got that same sort of confidence he used to see in like Stephen and Zonzi where. He'd pick the ball up on the edge of his own box and go, right, I'm not just going to get rid of it, I'm going to do something productive with it. Yeah, I'm going to give him a seven, I am. Yeah, I'll go seven. He's, 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 he's been a brilliant addition for me. Yeah. Right, who's next? Next is Mikel. <laughs> Seemed to tire a lot second half, I thought. Um, to be honest, I think John Henry Mikel's going to be a one-season player, to be honest. I can't see his extended his contract, really. He's getting niggly like injuries. I think after, like you say, after 56, like late, that's 50, 60 minutes, he does start looking leggy. He starts, he's still got that quality with it, you know, he's above this level, but it's everything else in his game. He's at that age now where you do start feeling it, especially in the nowadays game. I think uh, Paul Mason was talking about it where, you know, in the modern day game, players sort of retire around 32, 33 because. They just haven't got the pace anymore to match modern players. And I think yeah. John Henry McCall's getting to that stage now. I think this might be his last season at this kind of level, a high level, so we should say. And I think he's a good player, don't get me wrong, and he'll do us till the end of the season. But for me, we need we need a, a younger man in that position. And for me, I, f- I feel a bit sorry for Jordan Cousins because... I think Jordan Cousins got that mobility that he hasn't. He hasn't got the passing range and the ability on the ball, but he at least he doesn't tie you and you can rely on him. I don't think it helps players of Mikel's age to have the break that he's had, some of the breaks that he's had from football. I know they're not through, his, through any fault of his own, but I just find that if you look at any of them players who seem to go on till the 35, 36, 37... They've normally been playing year in, year out. So you, you, your fitness levels are still where they were, in a way, five years before. You see some players where they, they, they pick up an injury, they're out for a year at 32, then they come back and it's like you're way off the pace at that point. It's all right at 19, 20, you'll get that fitness back quick. Not, not when you get into your 30s. And for me, it shows sometimes 
don't get me wrong, first off, Mikel, you can see his experience with the ball and how he reads the game and stuff, but this is a quick league and the lads are super fit and you can tell it starts, come 60 minutes, he starts struggling a bit. Yeah. Um, like you say, he's not been a bad addition. I can't say he's been a bad addition because at times he, he does sort of hold that midfield together at times, but it's he's, he's a short-term fix for me. Yeah, I think it is just a one-season fix. I'll give him a six because at least, yeah. he, like you say, he does knit that midfield together. He sort of, he's got that bit of experience and now so he's a bit of a leader in that midfield, and you know he, he does shout to the board that we do need a young replacement in that position yeah. um, to go go forward. Really, like I say, for me, I'd, I'd probably say after sixty minutes, you sub him every game just to give him that extra bit of rest as well. So for me, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's the score so, given. Right, on to the bumblebee that is Joe Allen. <laughs> I don't, I don't. First off, mate, he he was he was everywhere. Like he couldn't keep track of it. He was flying around everywhere. But second off, he laboured a bit. But the thing is, he, he's another one that he's, he's still getting up to match fitness since he's been out for a long, long time. Yeah, you you can give Joe Allen a bit of slack really but for me until he gets that sharpness I think he should have only be getting 60 minutes anyway and then bringing someone else on in place of him the problem is with our midfield it is full of players that are struggling with injury problems at the moment and struggling with the amount of games we're playing and, and Joe Allen's no difference I mean to be fair Joe Allen's had 9 months out and it 9, 10 months out and to be honest he's coming back he's trying to get sharp and it was the same against Leicester first off he was he played well, he was keeping Leicester, especially James Justin, quiet for a lot of the game. You know, it took a bit of magic for Leicester to take the lead because of Joe Allen outside, he was marking uh, James Justin. But today he did the same thing, but he looked leggy and he, he shouldn't have been on the pitch at that point. I'll give him a, I'll give I'll him a, give him a six. Yeah, I'll give him five. But for me, one of the better players yesterday, um, Thompson. Some of his corner deliveries for me were... Top-notch, really. He's getting better, Thompson is. Now now yeah. he's settling into that midfield position. I think it's a bit of a... It's a strange transition that we'll talk about at the end of, after we break Michael O'Neill. To be fair, against Blackburn, his, his balls were brilliant into the box. Got an assist, obviously, for Nick Powell. And to be honest, I think he's a player that now we should start sitting in that role now. Even, even if it is for one of my favourite players, Klukas, but... I think he'll chip in with the odd goal as well. I, th- I well, think he he's a good player. Yesterday, didn't yeah. he the he's bringing goals to his game now. He's starting to shine now, which he didn't, you know, when he first came in and probably started this season as well, where he was a bit iffy. But because of the injury to Klukas and a bit of a run, he, he's starting to impress now. And for well, me, Blackpool fans have said that he got a superb delivery. Yeah, well, he, he, he knew he had a good ball on him. You could see when he. Last or second half of last season when he came, that he has got a good ball on him. He's got a good delivery about him. But it's at that time we didn't really know where playing. But now he's starting to shine in that central midfield role, especially with like a cousins or a McCall behind him. It just settles him so he doesn't have to panic and run back a lot. So I mean, I'll give him a seven, cousin a. Yeah. Thompson, because I thought he he was one of our better players. In the states on some of them corners because he was so. It was so pinpoint, kick was flapping all over the place for Blackburn. It, it, for me, I'd, we've we've been missing a proper corner taker since Lawrence. For me, 
Well, Charlie Adam, he had a great left foot. Yeah, Charlie as well, when he wasn't injured or otherwise. But yeah, we've missed a good corner taker because we have been short on set pieces at times. Yeah, and the thing is, we, we've got some. I mean, Powell's a great person for get delivery to because he's good in the air. Yeah, well, he's good everywhere in spades, Nick Powell, and he proved that uh, yesterday. So, like I say, yeah, I'll give him a seven, Thompson. Yeah, seven's a fair, fair assessment. Right on to another new man, Matondo. Got a neat first touch of giving that. I mean, he's, he's got quality. There's no question he's got quality, but you could still see. Similar to Jacob Brown, he's he's a bit of a rough diamond. He needs a run, and I he's think lacking, he needs a run. I think he's lacking confidence as well. He's, he's lacking confidence, but he, he needs a good run. He does. I mean, it, yeah. the, the rumours are coming in that we've got him on a permanent six million pound deal at the end of the season, which is great news. I mean, apparently he likes to play on the left more than the right, um, which is probably why we brought Jack Clark in. But I think, to be honest, if we see him higher up the pitch, I think he'll have more impact. The problem is yesterday he was quite deep and he was having to, you know, beat four men to get into the game, really. And I think yeah. he was struggling. But the pace of him was frightening. Oh, he's quick. He's quick, but you've just got... like It's like I said last week, he's coming He's coming out of it. What can I say? It's like a baptism of fire at Schalke. Three managers, eight points adrift at the bottom of the league. It's chaos, isn't it? It's... It's, we've seen it before we were in disarray when we went down and, and that's where Schalke are at the minute and it's still tough to come out of there especially when in reality he's still going to go back there unless something changes that's that's the way he'll probably look at it you know, on a personal level so it's going to take time isn't it a goal would do the world of good he needs need to be out of the pitch and like I say we'll talk about this when Michael O'Neill comes on to talk about tactics but I thought he get he gets a six from me. You can see there's quality yeah. there. You can see he, he didn't give up. He was always running. He tried his best. And, and I, he needs he needs somebody to supply too as well. And then that's that's the thing. It, it, when we start getting somebody's back, um, it, you might see you might see where he has got a bit more room. Because the thing is, if you're looking at that front line yesterday, I think Blackburn would have said. You've got to keep an eye on Matondo because he is the dangerous link. If you look at who was up front yesterday, he is the one to track. He is the one to mark. Well, he's frightening. He, he, he frightens defenders. Back. When you got pace like that, it frightens anyone. It doesn't matter. Yeah. But because he was so deep, because he played right wing back, he, he prefers the left. He should be on the left wing, really. But you know, he can play on the right. He can play through the middle as well at times. So. He's a very useful player, and I'm not judging him yet. But he needs to be higher up the. I won't judge him till he plays higher up the pitch, because then yeah. that's when he's dead. That's when he's even more dangerous, because it's it's beat one man and you're in the box. That's that's where we need him, not where he's so well, deep. Fletcher can Fletcher can pull defenders out of the way for him. That's yeah. what he does for Campbell. If, if we could ever get Fletcher fit. Yeah, which just doesn't look very likely. Yeah. <laughs> right onto the man with the goal. Uh, great finish great finish took yeah. his chance I liked his celebration towards James McLean as well because of his boxing training which has obviously got him a discipline well, he set up, up Thompson for his chance there at the post and like I say it's another good header for Paul can't really fault can't really fault him really yesterday to be honest he was doing what, what he's good at Nick Powell was very good at playing in a high position touching the ball and then moving 
he is a good player. He's, he's a, I can understand why he's failed at other clubs because he, he doesn't do a lot. Like if you watch him for 90 minutes, he'll probably run around for about 78 minutes. But then for you know, 10 minutes, he'll, he'll have flashes where he, he does brilliant things like this, the getting Thompson through like he's Eddie. He, he has got quality and at the moment he's our only source of a goal at the moment. There's no one who looks like scoring other than Nick Powell. And as I said yeah. that when I was on the Leicester City fan page thing when I did an interview for them. I said that because of the injury to Fletcher Campbell, our only deadly man really is Nick Powell because he, he can sort of just have a moment of magic and hit the back of the net. Um, I'll give him a seven. Good performance from Powell. Yeah. He was just a bit isolated for me at times and it's not a surprise with the way we're playing. Yeah, like you say, he, he is one of them players who can forget he's on the pitch for 60 minutes and then when you're the game. It, that, that's the thing with Powell. It can be frustrating, but then at the same time, he, he can go and win you a game. And, and that's the thing. And to be fair to him, he has, he has started to stay fit, which at the beginning, he, we struggled with him, didn't we? He only had to have one knock and he was out for three weeks. And well, he has taken a knock at the end of the game with the, the testing with fitness if he's, he's going to be fit for Tuesday. Yeah. It's, um, like I say, it's, it, it's what, it, 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 it's always going to be that Marmite sort of player. One week you'll probably sit there and go, he's not done enough, he's been lazy, he's been there. But then the next week he'd go and win you the game. And, and that's what he is. That's what he'll always be, I think. Yeah, he's, he's, he's like Fuller, but not as consistent. Because he, he, Fuller was like that. Sometimes he'd be walking around 80 minutes because Fuller touched the ball. Then he'd just, get, he'd just get the ball, beat two players and put it in the bottom corner. That Fuller was the same where he just had moments. And it's why Fuller played at the level at Stoke. If he, he said himself, if he was more consistent with the way... He, he played, he probably would have played at the highest level, but because it was only glimpses, players didn't want to take that gamble. Uh, and, and the thing is, you see with Fuller towards the, the back end of his career, that come 70 minutes, he was, he was finished. If he started, he was definitely an impact sub towards the end of his career. Yeah, he was, yeah. yeah. Uh, so I'll give him a seven, what will you give him? I'll, I'll give him a seven, just, just because... Like I say, that was it. Once it, like, two chances, that was it, really. But um, Brown, I know already know what you're going to say. <laughs> Lots of energy. Yeah, That's it's that. the same thing over and over again with Jacob Brown. It ran around a lot, but nothing really. Yeah, um, but he puts a lot of pressure on Nick. He does put pressure on the back four, but he needs he needs goals. He's desperate for goals, isn't he? I, I, don't, I don't think he's that player. I think. Jacob Brown at the moment's looking at me. I'm looking at him as like a player that I don't really know where playing. Because of Oaks not obviously not being good enough, we've bombed out the squad now for Nick Powell. I, I was hoping that Brown was going to be like a knockdown man and a bit of a creative force up the top end and try get Powell in positions, and he, he just wasn't. And he's got a lot of energy about him, and he's no right winger. We already know he's no striker, but could he could he become a decent centre forward if he could improve in the air I don't know he's, he's a rough diamond and he's only in because of injuries so we're crying out for a strike we're crying out for something in January on loan or something to play up front maybe off off Powell till the end of the season yeah okay. uh, I'll give him a five yeah that, I was going to go four I, I just don't see any I, I, unless he goes out on loan or something I, I just can't see him at this he can't cut it at this level for me 
Not unless he starts improving. He's going to have to start improving. He's, he's got to start bringing quality to his game. I'm not really that bothered. He, he, he can't, I think he'd be a useful bench player for when the game's going against. Just bring him on to run against run against the defenders because that's when he's had his best impacts really as a player is late on in games where he, he just gets that run through and scores a goal. And But for a 90-minute player, he just isn't this level, to be honest. No, no he's, for me, he's way off the pace. At the moment, I've been kind to him in the past, but he's, for me, he's, he's not at championship level yet. Right, so we run through the subs for us. Clark came on for Powell on the 61st minute. Showed Clark. Yeah, Clark, on it, yeah. Yeah, Jack Clark, the young lad from the top, and we got on the yeah. yeah. To be fair, he had a couple of good touches, to be fair, Clark. Yeah, he was, he was, he was, he was eager, which you will be on your debut. <laughs> Yeah, um, you know, my dad, my dad rang me not long after the game and said, "I tell you what, did is that did that lad have to put his beano down, get on the pitch?" I was like, "What do you mean?" He goes, "I thought it were a twelve-year-old coming on." He's young. He does look young. <laughs> <laughs> he does. I thought it was about fourteen. Who's that we signed? Yeah, he's, he's like you say, it's sub, subs. He didn't really. I don't know. It's, it's a funny game, Blackburn, because no matter when we played him over the years. It's always a scrappy, horrible game. Well, the thing is with Blackburn, they're scoring goals for fun at the moment. They're, I think the second or third highest, or even the highest goal scorers in the league. So, to be fair, to get to get keep them, at, you know, one one and and not concede with a, with losing a man, I think it is a good. It's a good performance. It's a good point. It, it is, to be fair. You yeah. know, it was good to see him come on. So, right, we'll go to Michael O'Neill's rating. I can't really slate him because we are still missing key players. And he's, and he's, he's obviously gone into the transfer market and he's not messed about for bringing some extra bodies in. So, like I say, I, I think I'm only going to give him a six just because this formation for me is still what's causing us to be in a bit too negative at times, I think. Well, I'm going to give Gary Rowett, I mean, Michael O'Neill, I'm going to give him... <laughs> I'm, I'm going to give him a. I'm going to give him a five because we've brought these four players in, and I know we we probably need, especially Jack Clark. Cause I think he came in late, but for me, it's this formation that's driving me mad now. Like, fair enough, we need a right back, which I know we're trying to do. I think we're trying to get that right back from Motherwell, which could be a good one because every everybody I've spoke to who is Scotland fans, I spoke to my mate Will and Al, and they say he's a good right back. He's one of the best in the league. And I know people are going to come out and go, yeah, but Scottish football's a pub league. And I'm like, well, yeah, but Kenny Dalglish came out of that league in Henrik Larsson. So the thing is, and Van Dyke. So the thing is, there's there's good quality there. And we're crying out for a right back at the moment because Tommy Smith in a, in a pulling weight. Bauer's got no chance. And we apparently he's available for free. But we need to start playing four at the back and getting two wingers on the pitch because we are looking toothless at times. Like we had 12 shots yesterday against Blackburn but only two were on top we, we were dominating the game and if we had that touch or that creativity at the end we could have thumped them yesterday it could have been 2-3-0 before half time if we just had yeah. that placement and that quality and I think we've bought that quality in with Rabi Matondo because of his pace and how he plays from the left hand side if he's high up the pitch he'd be deadly because he's so quick he, he doesn't mind taking a man on once his confidence gets up, he'll be a deadly player. I'll tell you that now on that left-hand side. Jack Clark is apparently a great left-footed crosser. Brilliant at deep crossing, it coming in on his left and having a shot. We need to get them in the pitch because the thing is, it's all well and good loaning players in, but loans go at the end of the season, so you've got to take advantage of them while they're here. 
And the next game, I want to see two wingers on the pitch. I want to see us playing four at the back. Put Smith in so we can get a new right back in. And go for the game. Let's start trying to get three points on the board so we can try and compete. Because we're starting to drift away now from the playoff positions. And we don't look like winning. He needs to get these wingers on so we can start creating chances. And that's when the goals will come. Because at the moment, we're going up as a team and coming back as a team with this formation. We're too defensive and it's it's leaving too much of a challenge to get up the pitch for those forwards at a quick pace. Yeah, it, I do feel for him a little bit though because big, big players for us are messing. And I mean, Campbell is a massive blow for us for the rest of the season. It, it is, and you think if Campbell stays fit, does Matondo even come in? Well, yeah, because he'd, he'd play on the left, wouldn't he, instead of McLean. Yeah. But, Fletcher's obviously proving what Sheffield Wednesday have already said, that you can't keep him fit. So he's going to end up being a short-term thing by looks of it if you can't get him up to some form of speed. Yeah. Um, it's like we already know that folks is going to end up staying at the club till the very end. Yeah, we, we, we're probably going to have to pay him up to get him out of the club, get him... Get him gone on a free transfer. Get him out of the club. So there's a few. The thing is, we, our hands are tied. We've got too many big earners still around the club that aren't leaving. And it is, like I say, at the moment we've got to go into. But still, the January window is still open. We'll go on to say that after the first clue. Oh, first clue, right? Let's start with player number one. Uh, I'm not going to make it easy for you. Oh. You keep telling me how amazing you are. He's played for not just Stoke. <laughs> he's played for Royal Antwerp. Royal Antwerp. He's played for Southampton twice. Right. Nottingham Forest, Ipswich, Sheffield United. That's the first player. Royal Antwerp. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you what. I'll give you. I'll give you this. Might give it you, but I'll give you another clue on this player. He scored possibly one of the most memorable goal- goals for Stoke fans in recent times. Okay. Right. Yeah. No. Well, go on. A uh, second player left Stoke for Norwich. Had two spells at Norwich. Yeah. Yeah, I knew that one. Yeah, you know that one. <laughs> yeah, I knew that one. Right, so we're one down. Just the other one. Royal Antwerp. Yeah. <laughs> And play for everyone else in England. Oh, that's a tough one, that is. It is Royal a tough Antwerp. one. Because the problem is, I'm focusing on Royal Antwerp, but I don't know if that's the right thing to focus on. So, no one now. Oh, so, you've got one. I can find you another clue for the other one. Well, we'll have, we'll have some more clues after we talk about the transfer window, because, of course, there's still bits of that go. And obviously, three have come in this week. Obviously, Jack Clark, who I'm impressed with, didn't do well at QPR, but there is a good player in there. We know from Leeds fans. Leeds fans said when he was 16, breaking through, that he was a marvel. Bielsa was desperate to keep hold of him, but Spurs came in and obviously he's decided to move on. Obviously, the left-back, Norrington Davies, says he was come in, who really impressed for me, man of the match against Blackburn. A, a player that we've been really crying out for, a quick young winger that can get up and down. 23 years of age, had a good couple of loan spells to... to learn his trade and now hopefully can get again in the Stoke squad and you know after Sheffield United coming down with record points might be tempted to join Stoke on a permanent basis to properly get his career going 
Um, also, yeah. I think he's coming as well, Antti. Um, who's the other one? Oh, uh, Alfie Doherty signed from Charlton. Very quick young player. Very highly rated, but he didn't really want to leave Charlton until the end of the season. So Stoke has said, OK, then you can go back till the end of the season on loan. So we've we've done, but they're all young, good players. And this new uh, bloke, is it all Aldridge, who's came in, I'm liking what he's doing already. He's bringing yep. young players, and I know they're all loans, and they're probably going to go at the end of the season. But Doherty isn't so bad looks of it. Matondo's going to have a clause in of a permanent deal. Now, if we get two of them, that's that's a positive step forward, young players. But where do you think the key areas are that we need to finish off this window positively and bring a couple more signings in? We've got to try and get a striker through the door. I know there's a lot on the books, but two of them, for me, shouldn't even be walking on a football field. And that's a bad sign, is your backup strikers. I just I just think, surely, there's got to be somebody... Because Brown was brought in as a striker. He's not good enough. He might be good enough in a few years. But the thing is with Brown, he is a useful player. I think he's all right to have on the bench. So There is a use for him. He's not like Vokes that, you know, is like a fridge pottering around at least there's something in Brown to be worth a place on the bench he can play in different positions he is a useful player especially if there's an injury or something he can come in but like you say yeah Gregory and Vokes are done at this club for me they're done it's just a matter of getting them out you know Gregory will be gone at the end of the season anyway because his contract's up Vokes hopefully we just pay him up find yourself a new club for me it's all gone a bit quiet with Keenan Davis it looked like he was going to be done on Thursday or Friday, early morning, but then it all went quiet. So and the thing is with rumours, the ones that came out early have actually all come true. You know, Clark, Doherty, Norrington Davis sort of come out of nowhere, but Matondo, all the rumours that have come in have actually been players we've gone for and, and managed to get in. So, so that's your rumour of Bojan midweek. Well, and that was just a question about Bojan. Um, for people who are on listeners who aren't a part of the Potters group, which they need to get a part of if you're on Facebook, um, Potters group, uh, I put a question up about Bojan because I think he's been released by Salt Lake City and I asked the question, would you take him back? And pretty much everybody said yes, pretty much. Well, I don't know why, because he struggled in the championship, didn't he? Uh, he's one of them players that's just struggled full stop, to be honest. We, we all remember that six months where he was probably one of the best players I've seen, without a question of a doubt, but he never kicked on from that. He got the injury, never came back the same. And for me, the Bojan chapter's closed for me. Because somebody else put the question up, so I said, go on, I'll put it on the group and see what it's like. And... And um, I put the the thing on Twitter about it, and it was like eighty percent would take him back now. Yeah, it's strange for me that that's where Stoke fans think the answer is. I mean, we were talking about storage a few a few weeks ago. Um, who's not kicked the ball in God knows how long? And now we're talking about Boja. <laughs> I don't know. I just think when it comes to transfers, there's always stupid rumours down Stoke. It was Andy Bayor in the summer. <laughs> That, that looked like there was a big interest there, though, to be honest. Someone messaged me on Facebook saying, do you think that Mario Balotelli is going to come to? <laughs> I'd take Mario Balotelli. I'd take Mario Balotelli to the end of the season, the position we're in now. Oh, I, I couldn't be done with him. He's so petulant. But he's a finisher. Yeah, well, is he? 
Well, he scored a lot of goals. He scored over 150 goals in his career. I don't think I'd cope with him, Don, Don Stoke. He's another Madonna, though, pre-Madonna, and see that we don't need them players in, in the club. We need players who are going to work hard for the badge. And, and it's, it's something that I think a lot of Stoke fans will always want because of the way he brought up around Stoke. As it's working class, you go, you work hard, you play hard. Yeah, we've had too many players to come through that door who just haven't got that mentality. Yeah, but followers never the grafty. Yeah, but you win your game. There's a big difference, isn't there? Oh, guys, we know Balotelli can't. Yeah, he'd win you the game, then he'd get arrested or get fined <laughs> by the club for something stupid that he's put on Twitter. Well, or, put, let's put it this way. Would it... it with, of course, Fletcher being injured all the time and Campbell being out to the end of the season, who would you prefer? Vokes, Gregory, Adebayor, Balotelli, Storage or Bojan? Bojan. Bloody hell, what are you taking, Alice? Yeah, <laughs> Bojan. So why would you take Bojan over Daniel Storage? Because Storage is another one who's renowned for not training well. It's been well documented when he was at Liverpool that he's a bad trainer. He doesn't train well. He... He's another one who'd walk through the door and think he could just walk on the pitch. I don't think he does now. I think that ego's gone. You've got to remember, he's playing at kids. He's, he's training with Kids Grove Town or Athletic. Kids Grove Athletic. athletic he's, yeah. he's he's training at a low level now. So at the end of the day, I don't think he's got that big headiness about him. I, mean, I think he knows where he is now, and it's why clubs aren't taking that gamble on him. I think if he came Stoke, he'd work his damned hardest to get in this team. I don't or is think he, that his agent wants too much money? He probably does, and that's probably a, the big stumbling block of why Yana comes Stoke. He's already said on a couple of occasions he always wanted to play for Stoke. He used to come and watch Stoke when Studgy was at the club, Simon, his uncle. So he does have an affinity to Stoke. And, you know, the thing is, I remember a while ago he nearly came on loan as well, but went Bolton instead. The thing is with storage, he could be a bit of a little last-minute hero. You know, if we could get him on a pay-as-you-play or, like say, a contract just till the end of the season, he could score us them goals. We need goals. And at the end of the day, because we're drifting away from the playoffs now and it's becoming desperate. And I can see why, when you say, like, oh, you don't know why fans are looking at Bojan and, and looking at other players like that, it's because... We know they've got a goal in him. Like Balotelli, I think he'd be lethal in the championship. We, do, we don't really know, but we've got to that stage where, because of the injury to Campbell, we, we just look toothless. If we can bring a striker in that knows where the net is, he doesn't need to be fit as long as we get him in a position where he can just hit the ball. Well, you know, you know, anything's, got me, anything's got me better than what we've actually got at the moment. Well, that, that's the it, thing. I know financial fair play does come into it. Obviously, I'm not daft to that. But we've got to go for it. I mean, I know we're miles out away of, of automatic now, which I already said, I think, just before on the Christmas pod, that I think winning, winning getting to the automatics is out of our reach now. But... You never know. If we brought in a storage and he hits 10, 15 goals from now till the end of the season, that position we're in before, it's massively different. It could give us you know, a run of six, seven straight wins and flies us right up the table. We it's need what we goals. Need because we, I think we are good enough. Um, we proved that when we first started getting one or two injuries running up to Christmas that we were still getting results. 
and it's just told told it in the end it's took its toll on us a little bit losing the strikers because uh, I can't really fault the rest of the team they were doing well for a good period it's so such, it's, it's, it's a shame it, it is a shame you can't, I can't kick off too much about the way the season's gone to lose Campbell arguably his best player and Fletcher being two in and out the side it has crushed us a little bit well that Sheffield United fan obviously told us now We've obviously been linked with Keenan Davies. The links with Sturridge haven't gone away. I mean, Keenan Davies, I wouldn't mind, because I, th- I think there's a good player in there, but he's never been known as lethal. And for me, looking at him, I think he's more of a knockdown man than an actual goal scorer. So I think that's why Stoke have sort of softened their stance on him. I'm, I've been like thinking there's a, there's a player there who plays for Everton that I really like the look of, plays for their academy now and again sort of breaks in in cut games. There's a striker there on their boots called Elliot Sims. Yeah. I'd take him on loan just till the end of the season. He's like he's like Everton's version of Ryan Brewster. Yeah. There's a few players I'd take. I mean, I was thinking of saying mentioning Troy Parrott, but I know he's on loan at Millwall, so that might not happen. There's a few players out there that we could get in loan that have got. There's got to be better, better players than what we've got now. That it's worth just taking a loan until the end of the season, and I don't really know why. And it's it's got to be our number one priority now. Bring somebody in on loan who can just get enough goals to see us in that playoff place. If we finish in the playoffs, and even if we didn't go through and we got knocked out in him, at least we're there, and it brings yeah. confidence, and more players will leave, and it gives us more opportunity to bring new ones in. And it gives us that boost. And then you can say to Campbell, you can say to Colin, say to Suti, give us one more year. If we don't go up, you can move for big money and you can get your careers going over where. But we need that positive boost to make them go, yeah, I'll stay here another year. Yeah, there's got got to be... Don't get me wrong, we've sat there many a time and it's been well documented about people leaving and it's been slow very slow and we still have people wrapped around his neck that are holding money back that's the thing the wages that we're paying out for these players that we can't get rid of it's still money that we could be spent elsewhere I think that's largely what a lot of fans forget when they say well I don't know why we bought him in because he isn't really good enough or we brought him in because it's a temporary fix because until we get some of these people off the books, as far as wages are concerned, we need we need that that money could be spent on a different player for their wages. That's a better fit. Oh yeah, it's got, it's it's players we've got out on loan. Yeah, and, and, and a lot of time, some of these wages splits could be 60, 40, 70, 30. You don't know, do you? You don't know the contracts of it. It's, if well, knowing Stoke, Stoke we're probably paying most of the wages for most of them. Well, well, it's like technically, I think we're still paying for Bueller's wages whilst he's out there in Russia, yeah, which is disappointing. But hopefully by the end of next season, there's going to be three or four of them that we can finally get rid of and it can make a big difference on if we go yeah. up or down. Right, so now we move into clue two for the questions. Now I've got one of them, but you still have to give a clue for the people who obviously might not know it. Do you not know about the, the last goal? The what? Did you not get any any further with the best goal? No. No? 
Right, if you're going to get it now, sure. This player started his career at Man United. And he's not, he played international football. Yeah. And he played for Gibraltar. Oh, I've got it now, yeah. <laughs> got it now? <laughs> there you go. Oh, God, he had a great season, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Shall we give it? Are you going to do it now? Yeah, go on, uh, Russell, uh, Darryl Russell and Danny Higginbottom. Yeah, that's right. Come on! 3-1! Yes, him! To be honest, that, that was the easiest clue, but yeah. But again, you didn't, mention, you didn't mention United on the first clue. I didn't, didn't mention United on the first clue. Yeah, that's I what I mean. If you, that's the reason why I was confused, because I, yeah. I knew United had an affiliation with Royal Antwerp. There's a load of players that went there. Shawcross had a stint there as well. It's where they used to send the kids that weren't quite ready, but weren't quite ready for the first team. They used to send them on loan there. And Daddy Higginbottom was one of the first ones that did. And of course, yeah, right at the end of his career, I can't think where he was playing. Was it Burton? But yeah, no, it was the lap once. I can't think where Higginbottom went. He went Derby. He Derby, went Derby yeah. After yeah, he played over 86 games for Derby. Yeah, and then he went to Southampton, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Then Stoke. Stoke. Sunderland. Then Sunderland for that yeah. year, then back to Stoke, yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So where else did he play? Because you didn't mention clubs that you haven't even mentioned now. So there's he played for Altrincham. Right. Chester. Right. Sheffield United. Ipswich Town. Nottingham Forest. Were they loan spells? Two of them are. The yeah. Forest and yeah. Ipswich are. Sheffield, Chester and Ultragum are all back under his career. Yeah, yeah, because I can remember him being at Chester because he was yeah. a part of the board or something as well. That was a good one, that was, because I, I was struggling with that one. Yeah. He'd, like I say, he made, he's made over 396 appearances, Danny did, so... Yeah, he was a good player, great player. Yeah. Uh, what was the goal? Uh, West Ham, FA Cup. Oh, that was just an odd free kick. It's not a legendary goal, is it? Well, it means a lot to us, doesn't it? Well, yeah, it's, it's an important goal for us, but it only got us to a semi. We've been in semis before. Yeah, no, but it's still... It, uh, what did I say in the first part of the question? <laughs> I said, in this era, it, you won't forget that goal. But you won't. It was, it was a, a moment of magic. Yeah, it was, yeah. Yeah. Don't forget it. So... What goal? <laughs> 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 It's happened. <laughs> <laughs> right, so before we finish, after me going 3 1 the lead, obviously walking, I've got every question right, aren't I? I think so, yeah. Oh, I want to roll here. I'm, 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 I, need find out, I need to find out who that sea lady was from uh, the forces. <laughs> what, Barbara? <laughs> or was it Elsa? No, I shouldn't have said United. Well, if you, if, you hadn't said, if you hadn't said United, I, I wouldn't have got that. I probably would have done if you said Gibraltar because it was pretty obvious really. I think it was only Danny Higginbottom who was known unless it was him. Um, you know, he played for Stoke uh, and then played for Vauxhall Motors and became an hotel manager in Gibraltar. Yeah, that's that's what was messing when I was looking at a few players because they all played for top clubs. Could have done with that player who like, sunk right down and ended up at some Sunday league side. Yeah, like when you struggled with Jimmy Greener. Yeah, you, you need that player who's ended up playing it like Paul Taylor, so it's... <laughs> <laughs> or Edge <Baston>. <laughs> <laughs> Right, so before we move on, like I say, we're going to have a quick talk about what's going on with James McLean. He's like a petulant child. I don't, I don't know what's going on with him this season. 
he's gone from being hero to complete zero in less than 12 months um, like I say he looked like a different player as soon as O'Neill walked through the door giving confidence looks like a different player he, his commitment to the cause when O'Neill come in was second to none it was like a new signing and obviously he, he was up there with the end of the season with the awards which was duly right which because he'd been such a good player but this season he, he sort of come back and it's like I don't know it, it, it's like something there's some, for me there's, it must, there's some underlying issue somewhere something's happened because we know right yeah. at the start of the season where somebody said where's James McLean he said well he hasn't been playing well enough he hasn't been working hard enough so it's quite a public spat at the moment and you know he's been playing at left wing back but when we've been playing wingers he's gone with time and over him so yes. there's obviously some kind of fallout or he was just trying to get the best out of McLean till because he had no choice because he had no other signing so he had to play McLean or no one so I don't know if there has been a fallout but it's it's strange what he's done because he's gone and broke quarantine rules he's gone and training with a PT which isn't the end of the world but it is when there's a pandemic on you shouldn't be that silly the thing is I'm not I'm not ever, at the end of the day I don't think there's many people out there who can and or not say that they've not broke one of them rules somehow at some point i.e. going out and it probably wasn't that essential like do, do you know what I mean but when you're in the public eye and you play for a football club you just can't do it do you know what I mean? It's stupidity. You're in the public eye all the time. You're on Instagram all the time. People are going to know what you're doing. He's, he's not 19. He's not stupid. You can understand if he was a young kid. If he was a young kid, he could have gone, yeah, he's made a right balls up there. I don't know why he's done that. But McLean's not stupid. He's, he, knows, he knows the score. He just can't do it. It's like he can't say anything when you're in the public eye. Can't get away with any. Like I say, I think sometimes he does it on purpose, just like the the chaos of it, which is which is fine. But I just I don't know. I just I just think sometimes he's, when he's not well liked anyway, doing the COVID thing's not doing him favours, has it in the long run? I think the the thing is what he's done there. He's been silly because he does have this. He has this slight like, urge to cause mivy. I, I feel yeah. like he likes it. Like he's got ADHD or something. Yeah, it's, it's like he, he likes a fight or something. I mean, we don't know what's going to go on with it because he's he's going to, he's been suspended and there's talk that Stoke might even be releasing him. And it, to be honest, it could be one of them things where do we do we sack him? That's a big call. I mean, it, it depends, obviously, because obviously he's under contract. It's, it's got to be good reason to sack him, have they? So it doesn't cost us money. Well, somebody put this to me because I put the question up about. Um, as he let us down and there was a big for and against conversation in the potters about it and well, somebody came in I can't remember who it was I think it was was it Sandra so, somebody came through and said that this could be a great opportunity to get him off the wage bill it would be a shame when you think about this time last year he's our best player you know he's 32 nearly isn't he could this be a good opportunity because let's be honest we're not, we're not going to sell him we're not going to get any money from him no I think he's got two and a half years left on his deal is this the perfect time to go, right, use this, let's get rid of him? What would you do in this situation when you know we've got wages coming out of everything, this, that and the other, we know we've got Matondo possibly coming at the end of the season permanently, who likes to play on the left wing, 20-year-old, soon to be 21. 
Would you take the advantage and go, right, we can get rid of McLean now and get his wages off the bill to free, we don't have to pay him up, and then focus on Matondo for next season? Part of me is saying no, only because we see we, we don't know if Matondo is the future. We've seen very little of him so far. And like I say, McLean wasn't a bad player last year. And I can't sit there and say, oh yeah, He's, he's made one mistake, get rid of him. Because he, he at times he pulled his kicking and screaming last year. Oh yeah, it's, there's no question about what he did last season. And even sort of the seasons under Rowerton, little bits under Nathan Jones, he was he was still a, he's, he's been a decent buy. He's best he's been a good five million pound signing in my opinion. But he's got beyond thirty, thirty five grand a week. He's got beyond more than some of the players that are in the first team now. Is it optimistic, optimistic, like it's a bit of an optimistic twist? Would it be a good thing to let him go or go, right, we're going we're gonna to let you go? Cause I both... don't know, because from, from what, what, I'm, what I gather from, from the press is he's quite a popular player within the dressing room as well. He could unnerve a few people, he could unsettle the dressing room a bit. And, uh, over one mistake, he's been fined. He's, he's been obviously missed that game. He'd be back in training for the Rotherham game. Just let it blow over now. He's made a mistake and that's it. I wouldn't say it's a catastrophic mistake, but in the current climate, you just can't do it. It's as simple as that. I mean, you know as well as... You know my belief, Sonic, when most of us are still at work. I just think it's... I don't know. It, it, it's sort of... It, it doesn't make any sense to me because... You don't want people mixing, but you're quite happy to go work and travel all over the country. <laughs> He's sort of contradicted himself a bit, but when you're in the public eye, you've just got to do as you're told, haven't you? Whatever it is, you do as you're told. So, he's been fined. He's, he's took his fine. He's apologised unreservedly. He's back in training today, as far as I know, for Rotherham. So, I'd, I'd, I'd leave it to that. I won't I start causing... Too much trouble at Ardor. We've had enough at Ardor over the last few years. Yeah, I don't, don't think there's any reason to get rid of him for this. I just thought it was a good topic to bring up. But, I mean, I'm just hoping he comes back and starts firing. If, if, if we start playing wingers, then Matondo could be a good replacement for McLean who starts or something. But if, he's, if his performances don't start improving, then, you know, is it, it could be a person who goes at the end of the season or whatever. But... You know, I thought it was a good question how Sandra said that. Is it is it a, a chance of, you know, get him out now so his wages are gone? Yeah, I know what you're saying, but I, I think there's more there's more important players that need to go on that list, like we said before, Vokes, Gregory, Etebo. They're all they're all names that creep up every season, aren't they? That, that need to go and eventually, eventually they'll go. I know, but it, it, they are still the problem areas for me. Because yeah. the thing is, you know, if you get if you get a decent if you get a decent James McLean, you know he's going to run for ninety minutes. He's going to kick every last ball, and he's he's a problem. He's a problem for defenders. You know, he is. He, if he, on his day, he's a, he's a top player, but. This season's just, it's not happened at all. For some reason, it just hasn't happened. Yeah. Right, so that's another one done. That's another Potter's podcast in the bag. Bag. Right, so you know where we are. We're on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. Just put the Potter's podcast in, you'll find us. As easy as that. Same again with the 
podcast platforms, just put the Potter's Podcast in, we'll top up, you won't see his faces luckily for you, but make sure you subscribe and if you want give us a five star review, that's brilliant, brilliant, thanks for listening, ta-ra. Ta-ra, all the best.